Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Aaron Keller, and we have one of our annual guests joining us today. We have Upland Game Staff Specialist Sean Espinoza here in Aaron Keller's office. We're back in Aaron's office recording. So, Sean, good to have you. Thanks, Ashley. Of course, and you are the person to have because everyone is excited. This weekend is the up the opener for a lot of our upland game species, including chucker, which we got the forecast up a few weeks ago. It's on our front page and we have waterfowl seasons, which we got into into with Russell a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. So let's get into some of our upland game species. So first off, do you want to get into the chucker forecast since a lot of people are excited about that? Sure. Yeah. We can talk a little bit about methodology, but it's always nice when we get that forecast out. Uh, just because before that forecast comes out, there's a ton of phone calls that comes in to our office, uh, comes across my desk, and folks are asking where to go. They usually start out with, hey, I just want to get my kids out, or I've got a new young dog. Can you help me find a spot? Mm-hmm. So when we get this forecast out, the number of the volume of calls is reduced significantly. So it, it seems to work. The forecast <laughs> is great. It's basically a sum of all that information right, that you're getting right. calls about and where people could find. And this year we, we did uh, 41 different, uh, we sampled 41 different areas across northern Nevada. Um, some of these were, were pretty new areas. So we had a pretty wide uh, breadth of area that we surveyed uh, relative to previous years. Um, one of the major issues that we had this year was in early August, we had a lot of significant rainstorms across um, most of Northern Nevada, um, particularly in Central and Eastern Nevada, but um, uh, some of those hampered our survey events. And um, when we get weather events like that, it's it's almost not worthwhile to go out at all because there won't be any birds using water at that particular time and it spreads them out quite a bit more so that kind of uh, delayed the forecast a little bit this year and when you say you guys are out there doing these surveys what exactly does that look like yeah so we're 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 trying to survey in, in in the places that we've traditionally surveyed uh, within Washoe County, Pershing County, Humboldt County, and portions of Western Elko County and Lander County. We're, we're trying to survey kind of the same canyon, uh, the same road route that we do every year and keep it to kind of the same, same distance traveled. Uh, sometimes that can be a little bit difficult, but uh, most of the time it's just driving until you, you see uh, a chucker with a brood and then, you know, normally they start running up a hill or they go into some brush so you have to get out and usually flush the birds and and get a complete count um, and then at that point you may hear other birds and so you might you might find yourself walking uh, a bit of a distance to you know get the next group of birds um, get a representative sample of what's out there um, the challenge is always you know you go up a canyon and 
it's 11 o'clock till 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you might miss some birds because it's not prime time for them to be on, a wa on the water. So at that point, you might have to do some things. You might have to get out and call a little bit. You might have to, I'd even honk my horn to get <laughs> birds to respond. And then it's like, oh, okay, there's, there's a couple of groups that are, you know, above me, a couple hundred yards on the north facing slope. So get out, walk up there and flush the birds and then get a count. So, um, but ideally you'd like to arrive at a certain spot between the hours of about eight and 10, uh, and then in the afternoon between three and five, uh, and then you can pretty reliably expect to see birds at the bottom of a canyon getting water. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like we talk about the surveys all the time. It's just kind of cool to hear exactly how how you guys go about it yeah and so these are regional biologists out doing the surveys yep so they're mm -hmm. they're in the know they know what they're looking for mm -hmm. they're they know the area yep yep um not just yeah somebody. and and we added a couple routes this year that were new mm -hmm. um we added a route in the simpson parks uh we tried to get some additional uh survey in the diamonds some of those mountain ranges can be a little bit tough the bigger ones are really tough because you know, they can be elevationally all the way from the valley floor almost all the way to the top. Uh, so you're trying to get a, a good road access that kind of bisects all those different elevations. Right. And sometimes that can be a little bit difficult to find on the landscape, but we have enough decent roads these days that um, we're able to get to a lot of places and, and get a decent survey. And, and, and sometimes we use, you know, a UTV of some sort as well. Mm -hmm. And you said you guys ran into some storms that created problems, but af after everything, we still got a chucker forecast yes. out there. Yes. So um, should we get into the findings of the chucker forecast? Sure. I think that's yeah. what everyone wants to hear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm not sure if we want to start like with the western part of the state and move to the eastern part of the state or how you guys want to start that whatever off. Whatever you think. Um, so, you know, we, we try to categorize the portions of counties or the counties by a thumbs up and thumbs down based on the productivity number of birds that we see. Uh, we've got a lot of areas or counties that are sort of hanging in the balance, so it's sort of in between. But there could be s portions of mountain ranges or a mountain range within, like, say, western Persian County that could be really good. Uh, and A, we either missed it or... Um, uh, B, we just didn't survey it, cr you know, at the right time after those rainstorms or something like that. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if folks that were out scouting for antelope, you know, um, or hunting for antelope, they find these places out there that are just off the charts and don't match our forecast. Our forecast is just an index, really. But one of the things that we were sort of disappointed in was the performance of Washoe County, particularly north of Gerlach. That just didn't look very good at all. And I, I attribute that just basically to the extreme drought conditions that that area has experienced really for the last almost 10 years and really seems to be exacerbating itself. We can really see it in the habitat conditions of places like the Calicos, which has always traditionally been a really good chucker hunting area in the past, but um, we struggled to find birds around Leadville. We struggled to find birds um, at the northern port of portion of the Granites near Hog Ranch Mountain and struggled to find birds around the Calicos. So 
that definitely doesn't look like a place that folks might want to concentrate on. Uh, in the southern portion of the county, um, from Smoke Creek south into the Virginia Mountains, that looks a little bit better. Um, so that might be worth a day trip, you know, for Reno hunters every once in a while. Um, going east into Churchill County, um, again, that's sort of a surprise area. Uh, numbers of birds in most mountain ranges in Churchill County looks really good. And so, um, especially as we get towards some of the winter months with uh, some of the bigger mountain ranges out there, it could be really, really good chucker hunting out there. Um, that includes places like the Clan Alpines, the Desatoyas, and the Sand Springs Range. Um, and uh, so, uh, really look forward to getting some time in uh, in that part of part of the state. Um, Humboldt County was sort of uh, s a mixed bag sort of um, thing. You know, the traditional mountain ranges out there have always been the the Black Rocks, the Pine Forest, the Jacksons, um, Double H's, Santa Rosa's. Um, Double H's, I haven't heard anything good. The surveys that I've heard from out there haven't been really all that good. Um, I think the east side of the Jacksons, a little bit better. Um, Black Rocks, okay. Um, Pine Forest looked fairly decent. Um, there's probably several canyons on the east side of the Pine Forest that will be worth worth folks' while to go out, out to that area and hunt. Um, but uh, doesn't seem like anything compared to Elko County this year. And we attribute that to the, the mild winters that Elko County has experienced over the past several years. And so uh, under normal winter conditions, with really cold temperatures that uh, Elko would normally get and then snowpack that freezes over. That's really tough on most upland game birds, particularly quail and chucker, but we're even seeing quail in spots in Elko County that um, when I started my career, I know there was biologists who would say you, there's no quail in the independence range whatsoever, and now they're in the independence wow. range. Mm. And, and some of them are doing quite well. So. Uh, the mild winters we've been having have has really uh, uh, allowed uh, survival to increase of chucker. They overwinter pretty well. Um, they haven't experienced quite the drought conditions that northwestern Nevada has, although it's still pretty dry in Elko County, but bird numbers seem to be doing really well out there. Uh, particularly some places in the, in the western portion of the county, um, the snowstorms, the south Tuscaroras, uh, even portions of the Independence Range, and then if if you know if folks are willing to venture out with these gas prices, uh, the extreme northeastern portion of the state, um, you know that area around uh, the Utah border, and even talking with some of my cohorts in in Utah, numbers of birds around uh, western Utah looks really good, and that matches up with what we're seeing over there too. So. Some exciting things, but yeah. the the amount of travel folks would have to do from Reno is a lot more than probably normally expected. If you're an Elko resident and a big bird hunter, you should do pretty well this year. Okay. Well, make a weekend out of it. <laughs> People should just <laughs> Yeah, or if you there. live on that east side, yeah. it's, not, yeah. it's not too far. Uh, carpool. So you said it was an index, just a real quick question. You said it was an index into, like, what our surveys are. How much does it play in, like, if somebody said, like, hey, I went to this drainage and saw some birds like 
do you then kind of factor that into the thumbs up, thumbs down, or is it just something you tell hunters later in the season after the it, It's all based on our numbers that I receive from the biologist. You only use those yes. numbers and then? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Just to make it fair from a year-to-year standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And we always use that productivity um, threshold of about four and a half chicks mm-hmm. per adult. That seems to be right about like stability and above for a population. If you're above that productivity level, then usually doing pretty good if you get below that or if you're you know in the one two three chicks per adult realm then the probability of you having increasing population is probably pretty slim right exactly well i think that's a good spot to take a quick break but we will be right back you are listening to nevada wild If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we're joined by Sean Espinoza, our Upland Game staff specialist. Gosh, I... Couldn't get the words. <laughs> that was a lot there. of S's. A lot, that was a lot of S's. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's name. <laughs> um, and you summed up our chucker forecast before the break, really covering the west and northeast part of the state. So is that does that pretty much sum up the survey, the sections you talked about, or do we get farther south? Yes, for the chucker survey, that that's the the areas that are covers basically Washoe County. I would say the area is mostly north of Highway 50. Okay. And that's just because that's where... Yeah, the the majority of of chucker populations reside in that area. Um, In the past, we've had um, some areas in southern Nevada, like the Bullfrog Hills and some areas around Goldfield and Tonopah that have had numbers of chucker, and we're trying to figure out ways to get some of that integrated into the forecast. Um, Some of those are pretty big mountain ranges like the Toyabis and they can be kind of hard to survey um, but then you get these other places like you know the monitors and uh, even in White Pine County the Shell Creeks have chucker but it's not it's not an easy place to really survey and get a good sample uh, we have had uh, some assistance this year from um, the Southern Nevada chapter of Quail Forever uh, they they put out a bunch of camera stations this year and um, uh, at various water developments uh, around Cane Springs and around Goldfield and in the Mormon Mountains. Um, and this was their first year of doing it. Uh, I think they're going to expand the effort next year, which I think is great. And hopefully we can get some more information. The results so far, which I just got this week, um, kind of suggest that production was pretty minimal, which we kind of expected. That's speaking specifically to Gamble's quail, uh, not necessarily chucker, but they get, did get detections of mountain quail in a few places, which was of great interest to us, but um, that's that's a Gamble's quail specific type of survey. And unfortunately, because of the conditions that uh, Southern Nevada experienced during 
uh, December, January, and February, which was exceptionally dry in that portion of the state, um, they weren't very productive at all. So hopefully that improves this year. Yeah, still awesome to have someone out there mm-hmm. um, getting that information. Partner, yeah. And like you said, hopefully that expands. So yep. big help. kudos big to help. that partner. Yeah, how effective do you think that is in something like northern Nevada? Like, could you see that being used for the trucker forecast? Yeah, particularly like in places and mountain ranges that we have um, – a good number of water developments and you know maybe our chucker populations are more reliant on those water developments then yeah i can see where that could be useful for northern nevada as well Hmm. okay interesting it's great hunter knowledge or hunting like the forecast it's great for people that you know there's a mountain range outside of battle mountain the the it's called buffalo mountain um there's i don't know maybe 20 or 30 water developments on it and just maybe a couple of natural springs and that's it. So maybe in a place like that, camera stations would be a great way to get some, you know, level of knowledge about productivity in there and presence absence. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and I want to get into some of the other upland game species, but first there was just some, we had a change in the season this year for chucker. And I just wanted to explain that while we have you here. Yeah. Um, so could you explain that it started a little bit later than normal? Yeah, we started a little bit later this year and uh, we, we had some deliber- deliberations about that during our Upland Games season setting meeting. Um, we wanted to, we knew that base populations of chucker were down. I mean, there's just no question about it in the state compared to where we've been say five years ago. Um, and we wanted to provide a little bit more relief uh, during the early season, allow birds to, to get off water. And um, we've seen some cooler temperatures here recently. We had pretty good rains in September um, for, for a period of time that kept birds off water, but now they're, they're tied to it again, which they will be probably through early November. Um, but we wanted to provide at least a little bit of relief during that early season so that birds weren't quite so tied to water as we've seen in the past. Um, and another thing that we've seen recently that kind of um, was an aha moment was, you know, you see um, some of the photos that take place during the, the youth season and the, the number of birds that I saw um, in, in the take, just by looking at uh, some of the pictures, there was a a tremendous number of young birds that were very small and so you know thinking about that in the future you know that there may be um, some sort of argument to be made for opening the season even a little bit later so um, that's sort of the management flexibility that we have with upland game and it's not something that we really I think we want to you know give up in terms of having a standard set date Um, because it's not something like mule deer where we give out a specific number of tags or something Mm -hmm. like that this is a management option for us that um, would take pressure off of um, birds at a susceptible time of year exactly and there's a lot that goes into these decisions clearly that's why i always like when we get our biologists to explain yeah i was i was thinking as you were talking it's um we've had russell on in the past talking about waterfowl and they have to stick to that really strict framework for migratory birds and so you in your program having that little bit of flexibility to to move some things around, I think would be exciting Official, too yeah. for you, like uh, that you're actually managing, you know, yep. like that. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's not something we take for granted, that's for sure. Right, and yeah. so then if it starts later, does that mean it ends later, 
or um potentially i okay. mean we're seeing you know some things happen out there uh, uh with these seasons it just seems like fall starting later winter starts later so we we might you know change that closing date potentially and it all depends on how birds are doing um mm -hmm. you know idaho's had um these uh, seasons where they've actually done emergency closures because of the amount of snowpack that they received mm. and how it pushed birds the bottom of these canyons um, near, you know, established roadways and highways. And so they actually close the season. That could be something that we exercise in the future if we get the right conditions. We haven't really seen that too much. Last year we had about a two-week period at most where we had pretty significant um, snowpack on the ground, but it wasn't long before it disappeared and we had south facing slopes that were burned right. off all the way to the top of the mountain. So, yeah, it does seem like when you were saying earlier about the little bit milder winters, um, at least during the hunting seasons, that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of exciting to be able to have that option to move mm -hmm. the season around or, um, agreed. Well, should we get into some of our we covered chucker but we also have a lot of other upland game seasons opening this weekend um you mentioned quail should we get into how quail hunting is looking yeah we probably know a little bit less about quail um this year maybe than last year um it didn't seem like we encountered them as much during the surveys but i think quail are still doing okay just based on uh the, the mild winters that we've had. So we've had pretty decent quail survival. Um, when I look at harvest data though, it kind of suggests that numbers of quail are, are still down below like long-term averages in terms of harvest and birds per hunter day. It seems to be declining. Um, and and I'm, I'm kind of surprised at that in a few cases because I know uh, a couple years ago we had uh, really high quail populations uh, at, at least in northwestern Nevada for California quail, and um, it didn't really show up in in hunter take. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think probably today's hunter gets more, uh, they, they probably spend more time focused on chucker. Yeah, I was thinking that there's less quail hunters, I think, than chucker hunters. Yeah, I think that's part of it, and I think they're easily distracted to go after the chucker and not spend a lot of time <laughs> yeah. on, on quail. Yeah. So that's probably has something to do with it. But, um, you know, I and then quail habitat has been affected by the drought. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no doubt about that, that we've got some stream lengths that are a little, um, they're truncated. Skinny. And yeah, they're pretty <laughs> skinny, and <laughs> they're they're very ephemeral rather than perennial. So we're seeing a lot of these streams in northwestern Nevada that either are drying up or that are just existing in certain spots. So they'll go underground, they'll dry up for a certain length, and then they'll emerge again. And so I think that that overall has an effect on distribution and and could even affect, you know, concentrations and and predators may be more effective hmm. uh, at, at taking quail when they're more concentrated on some of those areas so that's something to think about but anyway uh, I think that um, overall quail hunters should be mildly um, appeased with what they find this year 
Okay. In in most of northwestern Nevada. Yeah, and, and you said Elko, right? They're yeah, popping up in and, Elko now. And yeah, they're popping up in Elko, and um, you know, like I said, uh, the beginning of my career, if you would have said that we would have had some quail populations in the Independence, I would have said you're you're crazy, <laughs> but mm-hmm. they're there now. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have Hungarian partridge in the chucker forecast. Yeah. So maybe yeah, touch on that. Real and quick. that's a species that I think is really overall benefited from the habitat changes that we've seen across the northern portion of the state. Um, I, I think where we have those areas that you can expect some sort of moderate recovery after the fires, so you get a perennial grass component back and some some shrub component, we're seeing uh, Hungarian partridge really benefit from that. Um, I, I won't say that in areas that you find just these extreme cheatgrass monocultures out there without any sort of cover that doesn't help anything but for you know particularly these higher elevation 6,000 foot plus um, kind of rolling plains out in Elko County uh, Hungarian partridge numbers are doing well and we've seen that for the last few years and and I think that that's going to continue as long as weather conditions uh, permit and I and I think that as recovery sort of um, succeeds to more of a shrubland that may change, but for right now, I think habitat conditions for Hungarian partridge are are just about right. And have you seen Good. your friends or trucker hunters kind of key into that that Hungarian partridge numbers are maybe on the rise? And I, I think in a few areas, yeah, they have. Particularly as you get, you know, the folks that like to go out towards Midas yeah. and east of there, they're really taking advantage of Hungarian partridge. Yeah. Uh, Humboldt County sort of a, a mixed bag, but, you know, Humboldt County is a little lower elevation and, and after fires doesn't recover quite as well as what you might see uh, in Elko County. How does uh, how's the table fare for Hungarian partridge? Are it's good? good. It's good. It's a darker meat. Yeah. So, um, you You've know. You've never tried it? I haven't. Yeah. Really? No. I would think you would. No, it's pretty good. No. Just don't overcook it. Yeah. <laughs> Same with any wild game. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, Let's see how our time is. Any, we're getting towards the end. Any last words of wisdom you want to give Hunter, Sean? Well, you know, I just think that. uh, I have my pen ready. In in some of these areas, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, For some of the more traditional type areas, I think folks are going to be challenged. Um, This is going to be one of those years where folks and i i've said this before that you know broaden your horizons and and think beyond the normal places to go um i I think just sticking to the same old same old like in humboldt county um you know you're going to wear out a pair of boots and we even wrote that in the chucker forecast this year (laughs) um so so get out and explore some other areas get with some buddies and uh, carpool to some you know out of the way places and i i think you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised with what you find. Um, but yeah, if you're going to go north of Gerlach, you're going to walk a long way before you find a <laughs> covey of birds. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but this it could be a fun adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a challenge isn't always bad. Anyways, well, thank you, Sean, for being here. A lot of good information from hunters. I think they're going to be excited to hear. And we always appreciate having you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.
Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.